Gospel reading for today, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, which reads, Again, it will be like a man who goes on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted uh, his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and then to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done. Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man who received two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. This master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is. I have what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servants. So you knew I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him. Give it to the one who already has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they who have will have an abundance. Uh, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My hope and my prayer uh, for us this morning is that as we take a look at this parable that Jesus shared with his disciples roughly 2,000 years ago while sitting down at the base of the Mount of Olives, um, my, my hope is that in some ways or another that it would speak a fresh word of truth uh, and encouragement to you and to me today. Um, this parable... Uh, that we find in our scripture, it actually picks up right where we left off last Sunday, last week. So we reached this point in Matthew's gospel where Jesus, he's nearing the very end of his earthly life and ministry. And so he sits down uh, with his disciples again at the Mount of Olives, and he launches into what will be his last major sermon, his last major set of teaching uh, teachings in Matthew's gospel. And through a series of parables, uh, Jesus warns the disciples about persecution. Jesus warns the disciples about false teachers, that they should be on guard against the days ahead. Um, and the parable we looked at last Sunday, if you remember, it was the parable of the ten bridesmaids. There was five of whom were wise. There was five of whom were foolish. And we talked about this idea of readiness and anticipation for the coming Messiah. Um, that Jesus wasn't telling his disciples, nor is Jesus telling us, that we are to break out our calendars, to discover some magical formula, so that we will know the exact date that the Messiah is going to return. But instead, to be wise, it is to welcome the presence of Christ to dwell inside of us every single day. 
It is to pray, God, make me an instrument of your peace and of your love and of your reconciliation in the world. God, use my hands, use my feet, my voice, and my heart, and everything I've got to be a part of your kingdom work in this world. That's what it means to be wise. That is what it looks like to prepare for the bridegroom, to live our lives every day welcoming the presence of Christ to dwell inside of us. Um, Just one last thing before we take a look at our passage for today. Every once in a while, I'll hear people say things like this, and maybe you have too. Somebody will say, hey, Jay, did you you hear about what's happening in the news? Have you you heard about who was elected or who wasn't elected? did you, did you hear about how this country is threatening that country over there? Did you hear about these rumors of wars that are maybe starting over here and uh, these people over here might get involved? Have you heard about those things? Surely these are the events that Jesus was talking about that we are to be on the lookout for. Do you think the end is near because of these three, four, five things that are happening? Um, and I, I just want to reiterate something, is that people from every single generation since the time of Jesus, thought the same exact thing. So people from every single generation since the time of Jesus believed that they, because of things that were going on in the world at their time, thought they were going to experience the return of Christ very, very soon. And so I share that with you just simply to tell you that none of us know. None of us know. And it's not our job to be detectives to find out when, because we can't. But when Jesus talks about being wise, as opposed to being foolish, uh, he's talking about our, our job and our responsibility to welcome the presence and the light of Christ to shine through us every day. Our parable for today, um, which could arguably uh, be considered one of the most popular and familiar parables that Jesus ever told, Jesus says this. He says that the kingdom of God is like a man who goes on a journey, and he entrusts uh, wealth to his servants. To one, uh, I'll just summarize it. I know we just read it. But to to one, he gives five bags of gold. To another, he gives two bags of gold. And then to the last servant, he gives one bag of gold with the understanding um, that they are to be responsible and to be resourceful um, with with what they've been given while the master is away. And then the scripture tells us that, that, that after a long while, the master returns to settle accounts. Um, and the first servant who's given five bags of gold, along with the second servant who was given two bags of gold, both of them double their investment. Um, so the one who was given five returns with an additional five. The one given two returns with an additional two. And both of these uh, servants receive the identical reply from the master, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will now put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. But like in so many parables of Jesus, and not just parables of Jesus, but I mean stories just in general, um, the first and the second character, what do they do? They set you up for the third character, right, Um, that we're about to meet. And the scripture tells us that this man who received one bag of gold comes and says, Master, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. I know what you're like. And so I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, I I have here what belongs to you. 
And that's when the master replies the way that he does and says, you wicked servant, at the very least, you should have put the money on deposit. Take what you have, give it to the one who has 10. Um, I think one of the main lessons that this parable teaches us today, it, it, it overlaps with the parable that we talked about last Sunday, parable of, of the 10 uh, bridesmaids. Um, and that is this, is that, is that God has provided each one of us um, with the responsibility and the resources to continue the, the work of the kingdom here on earth. Now, those resources might look very different from your neighbor. They might look very different from the person sitting next to you or because we're social distancing, the person who's like six to 10 feet away from you. Um, but I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine it's early October again. And you decide, you know what, I have a free 24 hours, 48 hours. I'm going to drive up to the White Mountains. I'm going to drive up to the White Mountains, maybe take a ride on the Kangamangas Highway and just spend the day and just spend some time there. While there, you might, uh, you might stop and you might acknowledge the beauty of the mountains. While up there, you might stop and take pictures of the foliage and the leaves. Uh, you might see some wildlife. If you're lucky, you might see some wildlife in the woods. Or you might stop and admire the beauty of, of the rock formations or walk the trails. Uh, you might uh, take pictures of the waterfalls. Or you might notice just the wide open blue sky. Or the sound or the feeling of the light breeze. We could go on and on. But one thing that we know for sure is that, that each one of those things contribute to the beauty of what you experienced. Each one of those things contribute to what is the White Mountains and the Kangamangas Highway in northern New Hampshire. And, and perhaps some more than others, but, but all of them are contributing factors. Um, and uh, we as people are like that. As people, we're like that. We're all different. We're unique. None of us are uh, exact replicas of, of somebody else. And that each one of us has the opportunity, and if you're a follower of Jesus, the word would be responsibility, uh, to use this gift of life that we've been given for the kingdom of God. Mother Teresa, some of you might be familiar with her life and her story. Um, she was a Roman Catholic nun, devoted her entire life to, to serving the poor and the dying in Calcutta, India. And she did this for decades, decades, uh, until she died. And while it's impossible to know the exact number of people, it's estimated that Mother Teresa, along with her team, served and influenced tens of thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people who were either dying or poor or their loved ones were dying, and they were able to, to serve them or to care for them. And at one point, Mother Teresa, she was being interviewed and asked about the work of her and her sisters and, and, and what they were all doing. And her response was this. She says, I'm just a pencil the very same way you are a pencil. We are all pencils in the hand of God writing love letters to the world. And I want to just pause here for a minute in the sermon to remind you of that truth and to reflect on that question. What could it look like for your life and for my life to be like that, to be pencils in the hand of God? 
to be instruments that God is able to use in beautiful, creative, awesome ways for the kingdom. I think the parable um, offers us a few other truths that that would be good to mention this morning. Um, I can't help but wonder if the servant who was given one bag of gold, I don't know if they were all together. I imagine like these three people all walking up and and the servant starting with one, going to the other, going to the other. I can't help but wonder if the servant who was given one bag of gold was too focused on what he didn't have as opposed to what he did have especially if he looked over and saw the one with five and then the one with two. Maybe that third servant was, was, was focused more on what he didn't have as opposed to what he did have. And I think one of the greatest um, lies that we can believe as people is this idea is if I was only like this person, then my life would matter more. You ever thought that? If only I was as smart or as talented as that person, then I could make a difference. Then I could be used. If only I was Mother Teresa or this person or that person. And what's unfortunate, what's unfortunate is that type of thinking, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what a self-fulfilling prophecy is? That type of thinking will lead to that. Because if your only focus is on what you're not, if your only focus is on who you're not, what you're not, it can paralyze our imagination for the awesome ways that God could use you as an instrument in the kingdom of God. It will paralyze your imagination if you're just constantly focused on what you're not, who you're not, what you don't have. I've shared this with you in the past, but sometimes, and I'll still sometimes find myself slipping into this, it's total nonsense, where I'll think to myself, if Well, if only I had a personality like that pastor. If only I had gifts and talents that that pastor have that I don't. And it's taken me a while to get here. And again, I still will slip back into this every once in a while, but it's taken me a while. But I finally have realized this idea that, yeah, and it's great that I'm not like that person. Thank God I'm not like a replica of that person because I'm I'm a different pencil. I write differently. I look differently. Where I'm located is different. I'm a different kind of pencil than he is or she is. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So let's not get caught up in this trap of focusing on on those things that we don't have, who we aren't, but instead on, on who you are. Because God has given each one of us resources and the responsibility to use our hands, feet, voice, and everything at our disposal to do the work of the kingdom of God. A second truth that our parable teaches us this morning uh, is this, and that is that, that remaining neutral, remaining idle, and simply just waiting around, that is not participating in the work of the kingdom of God. Notice how the, the servant who did nothing in this parable had all of excuses lined up and ready to go well, I, I knew that you were this type of master and, and, and because you are kind of like this, your personality is such as this and your behavior, sometimes you act like this and because of that, I was afraid. 
And, and we can spend our whole entire lives kind of thinking like that. We can spend our whole lives justifying why it is okay just to play things safe. Why we can spend our whole lives justifying why we should never step out of our comfort zones. Why we should never really have to give or sacrifice anything. Why it's okay just to think about only ourselves and our own well-being. Why we don't ever have to, to speak up or put ourselves out there. But at some point, each one of us are going to have to answer the question, what did you do with what you were given? What did you do with the time, the opportunities, the resources? What did you do with it all? Did you step out at all? Or did you just kind of play it safe, neutral, idle? Because that's not the life that Jesus is calling us to or inviting us to. And then the last thing we'll mention this morning is this, and it goes right along with, with what I just mentioned, and that is this, is that, is that faithfulness to God, faithfulness with what God has entrusted us with, oftentimes it will require sacrifice and risk. This is kind of a, a, a ridiculous thought, but I want you to imagine, what if after the, the disciples received the Great Commission, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, the disciples decided, you know what? It would just be easier and a little bit more convenient and a little less risky if we all just kind of huddled up and stayed put together. My guess is if, I, if we were to go around this room or if I were to ask you online, if I were to ask you to name someone in your life, maybe it's someone who's alive right now or maybe someone in history, uh, someone um, who's been an inspiration to you, someone who has maybe influenced your life or challenged you or inspired you to be better. If I were to ask you to think about name one or two or three people, chances are you would tell me about someone who was willing to take risks. Somebody who was willing to take risks. Somebody who was willing to step outside of their comfort zone to do something great. And as followers of the way, as followers of Jesus, we have the amazing privilege of continuing the work of Jesus in the world. And may we find our inspiration from the one who literally gave everything, including his life. And may we be found faithful. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for your word um, and for this parable. Today, and I don't, I don't know about those who are joining us online or those who are here in person, but this one hits me right in the gut. I know what it's like to be that third servant, to live my life with the mindset of that third servant, to play things safe, to keep things predictable, to never really step out. I've been there. And chances are, a lot of us can, can resonate with that type of thinking and living. 
But Jesus, we believe that you desire to use the church, to use us, to continue the work that you began, to be instruments of your love and peace and reconciliation in the world, to be the light of Christ. And God, you've given us all, each one of us, uh, we've all been given something. None of us are exact replicas of uh, one another. And that's a great, wonderful, awesome thing. So God, use us with our hands open and our palms up. Here we are. Use us to do your work. Use our hands, use our feet, use our voice. We pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.